Ghostman Show on LBNRadio.com. Halloween or All Saints Day. Halloween had its origins in the festival of Sunam among the Celts of ancient Britain and Ireland. On the day corresponding to November the 1st, a country calendars, the new year had begun, believed to begin. The date was considered the beginning of the winter period, a date at which herds were returned from pasture and land dangers were renewed. During the Sanaham festival, the souls of those who died were believed to return to visit their homes. Those who died during the year were believed to journey to the other world. People set bonfires on the hilltops, reuniting their heath fires for the winter, and frightened away evil spirits. They sometimes wore masks and other disguises to avoid being recognised by the ghosts thought to be present. It was there in those ways that they, beings such as witches, hobgoblins, fairies and demons, came to be associated with the day. The period was also thought to be favourable for divination on matters such as marriage, health and death. When the Romans conquered the Celts in the 1st century CE, they added their own festival for Yelia, commemorating the passing of the dead, and Apomia, a goddess of the harvest. In the 7th century CE, Pope Boniface IV established All Saints Day, originally on the 13th and following century, perhaps as an effort to supplement a pagan holiday with Christian observance. It moved to November 1st, in the evening before All Saints Day, became a holy or hallowed eve, and thus Halloween. By the end of the Middle Ages, a secular and sacred day had merged. Reformation essentially put the end to religious holiday among presidents. Though in Britain, especially Halloween, continues to celebrate as a secular holiday. Along with other festivals, the celebration of Halloween was largely forbidden among the early American colonists. Although in the 1800s they developed festivals that marked the harvest, cooperation elements of Halloween. While large numbers of immigrants, including Irish, went to the United States beginning in the mid-19th century, they took the Halloween customers with them. In the 20th century, Halloween became one of the principal U.S. holidays, particularly among children. At secular holiday, Halloween has become associated with a number of activities. While this practice pulling usually harmless pranks, celebrants wear masks and costumes for parties or for treating, thought to be derived from the British practice of allowing the poor to beg for food called soul cakes. Trick or treaters go to, from house to house with the tre- fact that they will pull a trick if you don't receive a treat, using candy. Halloween parties often include games such as bobbing for apples, perhaps derived from the Roman celebration of Paloma. Among, along with skeletons and black cats, holiday incorporated scary beings such as ghosts, witches, vampires to the celebration. Another symbol is Jack o' Lantern, a hollowed out pumpkin, originally a turnip, carved into Dominic face and lit with candles inside. Since the mid-twentieth century, the United Nations Children's Fund, UNICEF, has attempted to make a collection of money for its program as part of Halloween. And in the spirit of Halloween, I pass you now to my friend and well-known, famous, horror host, Galore, 
Freddy the Freak. Hello, more friends? Yes, I've taken over the mark. This ghost man show. I've got to read you a story by Mark. And he reigns. It's a book of him called Dead. Here we are, go, folks, for those who like a bit of horror in their life. Don't be frightened. Dead is an homage to the vo- zombie gene, which I have been a fan for many a year. So this book is my attempt of writing a book based on the zombie gene. It's loosely based on the night of the living dead. Sorry about swimming. That'll be taken off the edit, I think. No, it won't. You don't know what it's like. Okay, prologue. The day is just a normal dusk for the night. The sun's still trying to maintain a soft glow before the plutonium darkness takes it over. In the surrounding fields, you hear the sounds of chirping crickets and the trees leaves rustling. The church side is coming into view with its centuries of upright stones and French Trinian cross standing proud for all to see. Chapter 1 A car arrives, moving slowly on its gravel driveway. Inside the car sit two passengers, the driver and a young man. His early twenties wearing rustic clothing and wind glasses to see. The follow, fellow passioner sitting beside him is a young woman who is dressed in a dotted attire and his sister by blood. Inside the car, both are talking about why this journey to this church was required. You know, wants us to remember, so why we are here to plant this wooden cross or the beloved husband and our father give, gave us give or God gave on this anniversary of their marriage, says Georgia, the sister. Well, the driver replies, Yeah, I know. But it's been a long trek of over six hundred miles. I'm just tired and cry just to get on it over and done with. Chapter two Meanwhile farther back for the church the truck is bodying into a local petrol station to fill up with petrol. Inside the truck are two workmen, a burly, bald, soldier man by the name of Sebastian, and his companions sing a bit of an old hippie, with an old wild beard and, beard and air. As they get ready to depart from the truck, they see a crowd of about 50 to 60 people walking in a hunched slow pace. Sebastian, that gathering crowd, look odd to me, something ain't right, Sin. Yeah, man, they look like they're high, Sebastian. You should know, my friend, Sin. I'll go up and say hi, and maybe I'll get some of what they're on, Sebastian. Okay, but not too much, as we've got a long, we're on a long haul. Sin, okay, man. Sin leaves the truck and approaches the crowd, and Sin gets closer and closer. He's stunned, awestruck, scared, all at the same moment. The crowd is not people, it's things that were once people. They don't move, they don't run. He just stood staring at me, as if looking straight at my soul. Then one of the things grabs him and proceeds to bite him, which in turn brings the rest to do the same. All Sebastian can do is watch as he witnesses a living nightmare happening in front of him. He applies pressure to the truck's engine, and then, like a dangerous game of chicken, heads at full speed at the things. 
Chapter 3 At the church graveyard, George and Mark finally found a father's grave and placed it on it the wreath given to them there by their mother. On the way back from the graveyard, George was attacked by a strange man whose assailant pushes Mark aside as he tries to intervene on George. Plight. He gets pushed by this thing before bending over Mark's body, which is now nothing more than a cadaver on a stab. Right in obduracy, a creature, for it, for it could be no more, be a man, was tearing and gnawing his teeth and the body of Mark, ripping out chunks and licking the crimson sickly blood. Georgia, flight or fright, kicks in the subconscious rain, making her run away from the scene as a carnage, despite her urge to throw up. Chapter 4 Running, running, running. Breathing hard, Georgia spots the farmhouse coming into view. Georgia arrives at a rundown cottage with its thatched roof and cobbled stone walls and its oak front door, which is wide open. Georgia enters the cottage and lets out a piercing screams of terror at the sight of a mangled corpse of her own old woman. This is a state of fright. Turn around and we know plans or thoughts runs back towards the graveyard. This leads to her to be confronted by more than strange beings among which is the shadow of the once man she met earlier. Chapter 5 Sebastian's truck comes to a sudden stop as he knew he saw something in the corner of his green eyes. As Sebastian looks out of his truck window he just what about makes him decide to leave his truck. Sebastian is running and running. He finally comes to an halt and shouts at a woman right in front of him. Hey, lady, run towards me. I'll help you out. Georgia hears the plea and turns away and runs towards Sebastian just for a bite from a man who's not and just some horrible creatures. Georgia runs into the arms of Sebastian and at a moment of outpouring relief plants and kiss on his lips. Sebastian, we need to do something go somewhere safe and lo- contact a local police station to tell if the, of, of these strange nights. Georgia, there's a cottage a few yards away. I'm not keen to go back as there is a route that calls by the door. Sebastian, well, it's either the cottage or dealing with those hell creatures. So I guess we go towards the cottage quickly. Georgia nods her head begrudgingly. As inside her mind, she knows this new stranger was right. Georgia to Sebastian. By the way, my name is Georgia, and you are Sebastian. Nice to meet you, and, and all that. But let's go and get get to that cottage fast. Chapter six. When Sebastian and Georgia get to the cottage, Sebastian goes in first and drags the body of a cadaver outside. Georgia runs quickly inside, followed by Sebastian. Both. Find items of furniture of form, a secure barricade in front of the door, and the same at the back. Draw back and the dusty laden curtains and lock all the windows and place wherever may lay. May slow down the creatures of the night of this night of strangeness. Inside the cottage both decide to keep quiet for a while when they do some investigation of the property. During the rest of the night they hear no sound. Barred at the low moaning and groans of the outwardly kind. Early in the morning, both awake and Sebastian goes on a hunt for food or anything that can help 
in their present plight. Georgia awakes and is brightly looking at the four walls of the, w- of the room, and slowly descending a super mix of shock and insanity. Sebastian finds a rifle on the radio and stops for a moment, contemplating his fate. Chapter 7 Sebastian gives himself a kick up the arse in his head to get himself back to reality for of his predicament. Sebastian goes on with his search of the cottage. As he does so, he hears a muffled a string of voices coming from a door just under the stairs. This must be a cellar. He raises his newly found rifle with one end and slowly turns the handle to the cellar door with the other. A ruffled voice stops and Sebastian finds a group of three people. A people look at him with a mixture of nervousness and relief at the sight of a fellow human being. Sebastian, who are you? My name is Sebastian. I have a companion upstairs called Georgia. A man of three speaks. My name is Harry. And this is my wife Karen and my daughter Karen. Also were a couple of teenagers by the name of Tracy and Paul. Sebastian, how did you end up in this hellhole? Harry explains to Sebastian's sort refuge in the cottage after being overwhelmed by a group of the demon creatures and managed to overturn their car. Sebastian and the you two cowering in the corner. What's your story? Tracy speaks up before Sebastian. They came after hearing an emergency broadcast on the radio about a series of brutal murders taking place around England. People must hold up in a safe environment until the situation resolved by the authorities. Sebastian just nodded and then noticed Paul had blood pouring from his arm. He then went over to investigate and finds a bite mark. Sebastian falls on the occupants of the cottage. Said, uh, you better grab all their resources upstairs and help me barricade the cottage. I've thought to prevent these things coming in. Chapter 8 Sebastian and fellow new inhabitants of the cottage go back to the radio to see if they can gather more information on their current situation. A message is broadcast on all the radio station sites saying the following. There will have been a wave of mass murderers sweeping across South East England. The recently deceased are reanimating and seem to consume human flesh of the living. Experts in the military have failed in all attempts to make determine the cause of what of this what is now being called the night of the living dead. Only lone scientist Dr. Downs suspects it be do be something to do with space contamination from meteor. A crash landed nearby. Sebastian then makes plans for all the fellow occupants in the cottage to leave obtain medical care for Karen at the reported local rescue centres offering refuge and safety mentioned on the television. Tantanoi, Sebastian and Paul and Tracy draw the shortest draw to some, somehow get to Sebastian's truck with some old wheel empty whiskey bottles, a piece of rubber tubing made from a long forgotten wine by cycle wheel. They siphon some petrol out to make the couple of a model dog to cocktails. Ben and Tom attempt to refuel Ben's truck in the nearby gas pet pump. When Harry hails multiple cocktails from the window at Gould's, Judy follows him. Fearing for Tom's safety, Tom accidentally peels, spills gasoline on the truck, which is set ablaze by Ben's torch, set, setting the so the truck will all of them run as fast as and far from the truck as possible. But it's too late for the multi-commotion has come to the attention of the order of the dead. You stop. 
what they are doing and turn towards them. And before they can run back to the cottage, poor Tracy's set upon. Ben and Tom just get back inside the cottage and reforce the windows, seat and doors when they hear the distant screams of Charles Tracy's child remains. Chapter 10 As Ben, Tom, Harry and both Karen try to calm down the news report comes from the old radio saying the following to all the residents that currently surviving please note that creatures known to some as a living dead can be killed by a shot or every blow to the head or burnt to death each will stop them from rising suddenly the power to run an electric for the generator runs out and the occupants of the cottage are plunged in the darkness. The living dead creatures finally manage to break through the barriers. The horde rushes through and the gaps in large numbers and enters the room where Ben, Mark, Sebastian, Karen and Karen are in. Another fight broke out and chaos both Karens are lunged at and gored upon by the hideous creatures of the night. A mainly man managed to the rest of the way out of the window, causing a shattering of glass. Ben looks at Mark and sees the aftermath of the eight. The commotion, he's been bitten. Mark falls to the floor <coughs> and goes into the fetal position and goes into a fit and dies, but right in front of the remaining survivors, begins to reanimate himself. Ben tries to run, but too late he's set upon by reanimation the person who was once called Mark. Sebastian runs past them and finds, makes it to a ladder that leads to the attic where he holds himself up. Epilogue. The next morning Sebastian awoke by the sound of Percy of gunfire outside. Sebastian leaves his hideaway and goes to greet his other savers. As Sebastian steps outside, he's immediately mistaken for one of the ghouls of the living dead and killed by a shot through his forehead. A posse throw his body into a pile of corpses and set ablaze. The end or just the beginning. Here's another gruesome tale for you folks listening to this Halloween special on the Ghost Man Show. Nightmare of Oldsworthy by Mark Anthony Reigns. We mentioned Nightmare on Elm Street. It was your average day before the evil Halloween of the year of our Lord. 2019, Ellsbury, Devon. Tracy Connor awakens from a vivid nightmare. Within, she is attacked by a disfigured man wearing a wolf's hat, edge mask, in decayed clothes, wears a wolf's claw glove on his right hand. Like all nights, at first she thought it was not real, but as her mother enters the room, she asks Tracy about the four mysterious slashes on her nightgown. This disturbs Tracy, who wonders why such a horrible dream could be so real. Who goes to visit her friends. The following morning, she is consoled by her best friend, Nancy Jones, and Nancy Jones' boyfriend, Andrew Poe. After their talk, the two girls stay over at Tracy's house, where her mother has to go out of town. As Tracy and Nancy are beginning their sleepover, is interrupted by Tracy's on-and-off boyfriend, Steve Cohn. When Tracy falls asleep, he dreams of being chased by a disfigured man again. Steve is awoken by Tracy, flashing and see comes to utter horror before he's uh, before he's uh, dragged, being dragged and fatally slashed relentlessly in dark crimson oozing all over the bed. By unseen force, he flees as Nancy awakens, find that Tracy covered in blood and dead. 
Later that afternoon, Steve is arrested by Nancy's father, Lieutenant Mark Wilson Thompson, a policeman at Holsbury Police Station. Despite his pleas of innocence, and Mark and Steve awaits his cell, he feels his eyes getting heavy, and a call with Sam Rand begins to comes too strong and finally sleeps. Steve begins to dream uh, when he is at school being part of a gang which like in the name of Holsey Mafia is likely to bully and cajole the kids of different colour often telling them to go home. Sky is a satire if a teacher was nearby. Steve is then alone among his endless victims who call him knocking down unconscious. Steve awakens and tied a gang to a chair in front of a person opening a in a dark wood holding a red hot poker design of an averted Hindu sign as seen during the World War II. Steve's shirt is ripped open and result poker is placed on his chest leading muffled screams of agony of his fetch burning and giving off the odour of burnt pork. The ordered figure reveals his wolf's head mask and lets out a haughty manic laugh. Steve wakes up in his cell with tears over his shirt reveal the marking on his chest and try to let out a scream, but it is muted. I was in college. Nancy falls asleep in the class and dreams that like the man who calls himself Freddy, her feet chasing her to the body room, where she's cornered to burns her arm on a pipe. A burn startles her awake. In class, she notices a burn mark on the arm. Our own Nancy falls asleep in the bathroom and nearly drowned by Freddy the Freak. Nancy go, goes visit Steve at the police station, but told he's unable to see him due to the fact he's taken the mental health ward in Osmouth. He was disturbed by a burn mark on his chest, which was not found. Nancy's finding it hard to sleep, so decides to invite Glenn to watch over and try to keep her awake, as she's fate a dream. Both Nancy and Glenn fall asleep in her dream. He sees a rerun of how Steve and his cell was tortured by placing the result poker by red Freddy's feet and then he turns his attention towards her. Then she runs away and wakes up with a long clock turned off. And then then she runs away and wakes up when his long clock goes up. Freddy the feet visits Steve and this time he kills him by wrapping the sheets around his neck like a noose. Nancy and Glenn find his body hanging in his cell. As Steve's final, Nancy's parents become worried when he describes a dream about Freddy the Freak. And Mother Marge takes on a sleep to, to sleep order clinic, where in a dream Nancy grabs Freddy's hat and pulls it from the dream into reality. Marge begins to drink and smoke heavily and bars the windows at home. Then she reveals to Nancy that Freddy Freak was an insane child. Murderer was released as technology and then burnt alive by parents who likened this lived on the street seeking for energy justice. Nancy realizes that Freddy Fink is now vengeful infinitely, the desire avenged to saturate his psychopathic needs. He pretends to try to call Glenn to warn him, but his father prevents her from talking to him. Glenn falls asleep and is killed by Freddy Fink, who watched the large Panting the blood released in Glenn's room and then just smiles under his wealth's mask. Now alone, Nancy finds Marge to sleep by drugging her coffee. And asks Mark, who's across the street, investigating Glenn's death, to break into the house in 20 minutes as she needs his help. Mark is left a bit baffled by this request, but she says yes and gives Tracy peace of mind. 
Tracy booby traps, big baby traps around the house, and decides it's the next dream to grab. Freddy the freak out of the dream into the real world. The booby traps affect both Freddy's feet enough, and Nancy's able to light him on fire with a motocross cocktail and lock him into the basement. Nancy rushes to the door for help. The police arrive to find that Freddy the freak has escaped from the basement. Nancy and Don go upstairs to find Mark go upstairs to find Freddy the freak suffering Mars in the bedroom. After Mark pops out the fire. Freddy the Freak and Marge vanish into the bed. When Mark leaves the room, Freddy the Freak rises from the bed behind Nancy, realizing finally that Freddy the Freak is powered by his victims. Fear, Nancy calmly turns her back to him, and Freddy the Freak evaporates when he attempts to lunge at her. Nancy steps outside of the bright, foggy morning, where all the children, friends, and the mother are still alive. She gets to the Ben's convertible to go to school, and the top Sunny goes down and looks him in the, in the car, drives uncontrollably down the street. Three girls in white dresses playing jump over her, chanting Freddy defeat and nursery rhyme. As Freddy is grabbed by, as Marge is grabbed by Freddy defeat through the wind, front door window. The end, but no, Tracy wakes up to find herself in bed. The clock is really two minutes to midnight. Is it really Halloween? Time for a nightmare to begin, thinks Freddy the Freak, watching over her the darkest corner room. It's been years since the last time he came out to play. I oh, finished with a little poem. I saw a shadow f- passing by, just a trickle of the eye. I turned on the light, put on that there were no one's there, though I noticed a fragrance thick in the air. Convinced all was well, I laid myself down. Oh, but then, without warning, came a frightening sound. I could hear it right beside me, so crystal clear. Someone breathing right in my ear. I turned the light and jumped into my bed. This time I was certain I was not in my head. Not quite the follow seemed unbelievably loud. And there in the doorway, I saw a dark cloud. It floated right but toward me, as fast as could be. And it stopped quite suddenly. And then I could see old man's shape, woman's shape, threatening the flowing black hooded cape. Slowly my eyes looked straight into mine. I felt locked in a stare, and it seemed a long time. But she, slu- she just smiled a sick, toothless grin, as she lapsed in the wild and swift, twirling spin. I felt memorized by the terrible sight, unable to move, paralyzed by fright. And one came again, came the sweet, sickening smell. Perhaps I was smelling the doorway to hell, and sensing a crackling filled in the room. She sounded like a murderous loon. She reached out her hands with black clawed nails, and in her mouth came a terrorous wail. A spinning slowed down and came to a stop, just like a children's toy spinning top. And there was gone, she disappeared. Well, I saw them moving, still lost in stark fear. And I crawled back to the bed, a cold up for night. Grasping my Bible with all my might, praying and praying with heartfelt concern that his mantra spirit might make a return. I watched as the clock tickled, ticked as a long night away, longing for night, a brand new day. And over and over, I leaved that scene and remembered. Don't you remember that it was Halloween? Well, it gave me relief. I could lay there quite calm. The horror was 
that was quite suddenly gone. A crazed old woman was supposed to be there. Honest day above all, I deserved a good, one good stare. Well, I felt a load of one being lifted for me. I was erect, for I fell quickly to sleep. But I've for now forgotten what that night I had seen. That I was treated to a true Halloween. What pat a fellow me? And all I've got to say to those who listen to the Halloween special on the Ghost Man Show is the following. <laughs> You've been listening to my friend, Freddy the Freak, reading you some stories about concerning Halloween to give you a good fright. I read about Halloween and where it came from. I hope you haven't seen and hope you don't like this podcast or half an hour or so. I finish this with a long, long pose. I was a fan of The Raven, you see. By Edgar Allan Poe, it's scary and it scared me. My favourite scares, oh horror, 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 Dracula was the one for me. Halloween is a scary time, so don't just sit alone in your chair and have a drink or two. And when you hear the knock on the door, don't worry, it's only the children, one, two, three and four. Who's that beside him, looking at you with such a fright? Why, it's a man just as a skeleton, with a long scythe by his sight. Is he looking at you, or looking at me? So don't have any nightmares, too much to see. Have a happy Halloween, from me, Mark Anthony Rays, on the Ghostman Show. And I have been doing this for AlbionRadio.com. This is the Halloween special. I hope you've enjoyed. Goodbye, my friends. Enjoy the night. Don't be scared or have any frights. Goodbye.